Hi, I'm going to uh, try some different tools on this uh, podcast I haven't used yet uh, on this app. Um, so this is the format of it right now on this particular episode, maybe a little uh, cluttered or different. I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to go ahead and try it out, see how it sounds um, and kind of leave it as it is. If I don't like it, I'll just delete the whole thing and redo it. But it is about responsibility and accountability and it's going to be like uh, when you go to church and you hear a sermon and you think is he talking about me maybe I am talking about you Dave I'm just kidding Larry go fuck yourself anyways um, here we go responsibility okay this is Jonathan Sebastian Little John 427 on the John 427 podcast. I'm recording from our mobile studios provided by Toyota. We are in Owasso, Oklahoma on the move. And I'm accompanied by my lovely co-host Squirt, who is actually 50-something miles away in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Uh, She had something to do. Something to do with tomatoes and bruises and preparation H. I don't know. It's difficult to say. Anyways, she won't be uh, speaking on this episode. The topic today is responsibility. We've all had it. We've all uh, used it, I think. Um, We've all touched on it a bit every now and then. Some people use it all the time. Some people use it every second day. (coughs) Um, Another aspect of responsibility is accountability. And that means... You are uh, deciding to take charge of the cost of something. Um, is it going to overlap quite a bit? I, I don't really know the difference between responsibility and accountability. <coughs> I will say that when I was growing up, I thought responsibility was like uh, having a duty. You didn't really have a choice when you were given responsibility. <coughs> Now, as an adult, I see that we, we all have a choice if we are going to embrace or accept a, an accountability or responsibility in a lot of situations. Um, I think, uh, you know, a guy knocking up a chick and just disappearing, um, he's not accepting his responsibility or his accountability, uh, especially when he says on Mori Povich that he's not the dad, and then we got to do the whole test thing and see if they are the father. And then even when they're confronted with the fact biologically that they are the dad this guy puts his hands on his head and he rolls around he's like oh that can't be well uh, in my opinion you know if you're if you're going there with a with a chick and by I mean going there I mean her vagina then yeah you're you got some accountability you got some responsibility you're gonna have to deal with um, it doesn't always result in a kid but if it does, you should be at least prepared emotionally and mentally for that kid to be your kid, you know? That's just, you know, I don't know. That's just my thoughts on that. Um, the main reason I wanted to post this because, uh, as all of you probably know by now, I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with uh, anxiety. Um, I'm currently dealing with obesity. Uh, I've also dealt with abusive relationships. And... I, in the beginning of my dating life, I didn't know how complicated 
uh, romances can be. Um, I had seen some go bad, and it seemed pretty black and white to me from the outside, uh, the situations that were going on. Um, as I became uh, more romantically involved with different people, I could see how things got complicated and more nuanced. Um, I wouldn't have said 20 years ago that you could love two people. Well, now as a 39-year-old man, I, I, I believe that that is very is a very common experience for people now. Um, hold on, there's a police car coming, so I'm going to lower my phone. I don't know if you can still hear me. I just don't want the cops to stop this recording. So we'll try to do it on the down low. Anyways, um, after my, my wife left and I had to deal with how my wife was at that point, I had to look at my accountability, my responsibility for how my wife was not meeting my expectations. Um, initially being depressed, um, I wanted to blame someone and, and I think naturally I blamed my ex-wife, but I was unhappy before we divorced. Um, and again, I would look at my ex-wife, but if you go further back, there was a time when we were separated and I, I was doing pretty well. I wasn't completely happy. But I was on the way there. I, I, I think you could fairly say I was at a crossroads or a Y in the road where one one direction would have led me to feeling a lot better about myself and living an easier, happier life. One took me the path that I went. Um, but I made a choice and I didn't take accountability for making that decision to go one way versus the other. So I, I fell back on blaming her and in that, I gave her the power to keep me unhappy. And that, that went on for a long time, uh, over 10 years. Um, I know it's going to be hard for, for you. And I'm just saying this to everyone who's listening. When you encounter a problem, don't look for someone to blame. Even if it's clear that someone is to blame. Don't do that because that takes away your power to change that situation. Instead, you can do two things that I think are really helpful. One, and this I think this should always be your go-to modus operandi, is to find a solution and fix it. Take time, find a good solution, and fix the situation. But number two, Look at what part your decisions played in getting you to that point. Because there's always a point, at least here in the United States, where we've made maybe one or two bad decisions. They didn't seem bad, but there were choices to be made. We made the wrong one, maybe based on hope, maybe based on expectation, sometimes based on experience. But we weren't looking at all the information and the most likely outcomes of what we were doing sometimes. Um, I was in a bad relationship. And uh, we can go away from my marriage and go to the woman I dated. Um, we, we had one big thing in common. 
Um, but there are a lot of reasons we shouldn't have been in a relationship. Um, the first most obvious one was that she was married. And in hindsight, I allowed that to happen because I was lonely. When I was about to engage in that relationship, I thought about it for about three weeks. I made a conscious choice to do something that I knew was wrong because I was lonely. Um, in hindsight, that caused a lot of problems for us, for our families uh, and for each other. And I think if we had handled that in a different way, we might possibly still be together. Squirt, what do you think about that? She's She can't hear me. She's 50 miles away. <laughs> Anyways, um, I've talked a, a lot about this, but I have to be accountable for the fact that I had enough information to make a better decision, and I didn't use it. Um, how often have, have you guys done that, where you had plenty of information, and you just chose not to do it? Um, I see this all the time over Muskogee, where these women will pick up these guys who are drug addicts. Um, they're just skeezy-looking guys. They're walking around in wife-beater t-shirts, no jobs. They just hang around all the time. They're... There's actually a song about these guys called Scrubs, uh, No Scrubs, by TLC. So, you know, it's an oldies song now. <laughs> they should be playing this on the radio every day so that girls like get an idea. Oh, that's a guy I shouldn't be fucking, you know. I There always comes a point where these women complain about how these men behave. Now, they chose these men sometimes on the basis of their scrub scrubbiness. And it, it kind of makes me laugh, but it's kind of sad because sometimes these guys get girls pregnant or they give them diseases. And these girls had enough information to make a better choice. They always do. Um, none of these guys presents himself in a respectable way. Um, there are clear signs that they're not going to be good partners, that they're not going to be good parents because generally they're already parents and, and lots of times they're already partners. And they're not doing a good job at either. Um, but women still choose them. And they encourage that behavior. Uh, one of the biggest issues that I have with that is that it encourages younger men to do the same thing. Um, I, I got to witness uh, a mother telling her son to behave that way. You know, the result will be uh, unwanted pregnancies. Um, and, I, and I used plural on purpose because there will be more than one. He's a good looking guy. Uh, he's popular. So he's been taught to be a scrub. That's all he knows. Um, he's not a thoughtful person. He's, he's, uh, kind of selfish. He's very childish. And they, he was brought up to be that way. And it's sad because he's going to cause a lot of trouble in his future. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, who's responsible for that guy? Is he responsible? He, he just turned 18. So is he responsible because he wasn't parented the right way? Or are his parents responsible? That is so complicated right now. I, You know, legally, it's him. He has to explain for every stupid thing that he does. But that's all he knows. It, it boggles our mind. Um, 
a lot of us make choices. Uh, in, in my in my case, uh, outside of the romance thing, which uh, hopefully I'm done making bad romantic choices. Um, in health, uh, this this last weekend, I really struggled with not overheating. I was able to keep pretty busy through the week weekend. Um, I, I would say I only overate one time when I went to El Chico. Man, that place. Oh, my God. That place is awesome. Uh, we did lose our dog in there, and uh, the waitress helped us look for it, but he's gone. Uh, he's probably deceased now unless somebody found him. So if you see a dog in El Chico in Muskogee, Oklahoma, um, go ahead and give me a call. Okay, text me. Um, it wasn't my dog, really. It was Squirt's dog. But uh, it when I was eating that meal... There was a point when I was full. I had ate uh, some meat and some rice, and I had eaten chips, and I was full. Well, I ate about twice as much after that. Um, I was able, I felt nauseated at that point, and I wasn't able to finish the dessert, which looked amazing, and uh, Squirt spoon-fed me the ice cream from from the dessert. And it was fucking delicious. I mean, I was still thinking about that ice cream two hours later. But um, when I went home like a day later, two days later, and went to bed, I still felt bloated from that meal. And I remember thinking, wow, that bad choice during that one meal, it it has reverberated uh, for like 20 hours later. I still felt full. And I thought, that was a horrible shock to my body to do that after I had been eating pretty clean for about 10 days. Um, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing, like, <clears throat> you can do better. I can do better. I know I can do better, but I didn't. Um, when you make a choice like that, there's always going to be a cost. Uh, whether it's overeating or being in a relationship, maybe cheating or getting involved with someone who's married or drinking too much. Um, those things, there's always going to be a cost. There are things that don't seem uh, negative in the beginning, like working extra shifts. <clears throat> there's a cost to those that you'll be responsible for. Um, whether it's your family becoming more distant to you or you feeling tired and overworking yourself, you're going to pay for those things later. You will be responsible to be accountable. <clears throat> Don't look for someone to blame. It isn't helpful. It's never helpful to, to blame anyone. <clears throat> and a lot of people, if you try to have a discussion about causes tiptoe like you're going through a fucking minefield because if someone else is involved they're going to feel blamed okay I think it's best to just say okay this is my responsibility I'm going to fix this Uh, if, if you need help try to find help but don't waste your time trying to assign responsibility or blame or accountability to anyone else take it Put it on your shoulders and move forward. Figure out the best way to deal with things. 
I'm I'm about to engage in a second round of weight loss for myself because I've regained so much weight. It's hard right now because I'm getting a lot of questions about why I'm doing this, why I'm doing it the way that I'm about to do it. Um, I have a lot of people who want to comment and criticize me right now because I'm doing this. They don't want me to do it. Um, It is scary because there could come a moment where I decide to listen to someone else and give up again. And then my situation gets bad again. Right now, I feel strong. Emotionally, I'm the strongest I've ever been in my life, in my whole 39 years. Right now, I feel the most confident in my decisions, in my actions than I have ever been. The only reason I feel that way is because I have accepted complete, complete, 110% responsibility for everything around me. If I get hit by a semi-truck right now, it's my responsibility because I'm making a goddamn podcast while I'm driving, okay? Um, I mean, hypothetically, I would be driving and semi would hit me. I'm not doing that right now. Wink, wink. Anyways, um... I have accepted the the responsibilities for what happens in my life. And if something bad happens, I have to frame it in a way that I put myself in that situation. Whether in that bad relationship, I accepted a phone call or text from someone who I knew would play a game with my heart. And I've done that many times, many, many times. Or taking a job I know won't pay my bills. I've also done that many times. Um, The most direct result of me not accepting responsibility was when I accepted the advice and peer pressure from people to change my diet on my last walk and to stop my walk when I did. Um... I had not succeeded, and that left me in a state of failure. I know a lot of people want to say, well, you didn't fail because you're still alive. That's important. But I could have succeeded had I stuck to the course that I set, and I changed that. Um, As I go on this next walk, I have to be cognizant of the fact that most people don't want to lose weight the way that I'm trying to lose weight. They don't want to wait, uh, or I'm sorry, they don't want to rush like I want to rush because I want to enjoy my life. Um, The things that I need in my life to enjoy my life are a good relationship, uh, physical fitness, the ability to go and do things like climbing mountains or riding my bicycle 100 miles in one day or, I don't know, running a marathon. I want to live life. I want to make love to a beautiful woman all night long. I want to have more kids. Um, But I miss out on a lot of those things because of my weight. Um, Sometimes I miss out on those things because my mind wasn't in the right place. And I have to take responsibility for the fact, and it's a fact, that I let depression 
cover me up and bury me. And it started slowly. When I did recognize it was happening, I didn't do anything about it. I didn't accept the responsibility that my happiness is my responsibility. It wasn't my ex-wife's. It wasn't my mom or dad's or my teachers or my bosses. My happiness was my responsibility and I didn't take care of it. Well, I had to take accountability and I was just disappointed in myself for not doing it in time. Well, <laughs> I'm fixing it. Um, I believe that everyone listening to this has some aspect of their life that they need to change. To be happy, to be 100%. They need to change. Whether it's a job or house or whatever, you know. I don't want to go through the list again of the things that may be making you unhappy. I know some of you are expecting other people to change to make you happy. That's never going to work. That'll never work. I don't even want to give credence to the 1% that it could happen. Let's just say never. Okay? Get your ass up. Move yourself forward. If you're if you are the kind of person who is waiting for someone else to change to make you happy, the best thing for you to do is to work on yourself and and god damn this is so true. Work on yourself, become the best version of yourself and you will attract that person back. You will attract them back. That is a promise. But right now, if you're just sitting in the same spot and you're doing the same things and you're just being unhappy, then that's what's going to happen. The same, same, same. Okay. I am... That's all I'm going to say about this 22 minutes. Uh, you can change your life. Everything can be better. Um, I'm going back to my mom's house let's go get Oklahoma I'm going to end this podcast uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast I hope that if you have questions or concerns or um, opinions or criticisms of me or the podcast post them on my wall on the John 427 Facebook page uh, please like and share the podcast we're available on Apple Google Play uh, Spotify um, there's a few other platforms uh, I'll write them down so I remember them next time God bless you all um, that's it hope you have a fantastic day it's Monday hope nobody's got a case of the Mondays unless Monday means you wake up with a boner and everything's awesome anyways goodbye Hey everybody, this is Jonathan Little of the John 427 Podcast. I am here at the studios in Muskogee, Oklahoma. We are uh, getting ready for the night. It's Sunday in July, uh, I think July 7th, and we are gathering gear. 
we have gathered a tent, a backpack, um, some little medical supplies like Visine, um, anti-itch cream, some pain-relieving cream, Tylenol, some acetaminophen, um, just little odds and ends I'm going to need for my walk. Uh, I'm trying to keep this pack very light, and a man named Shane Britt down in Arizona provided a tent a couple years ago. It's a brand new, uh, I think, Golden Bear, uh, I believe it's a one-person tent. It's a bivy tent. So, if you don't, if you don't know what a bivy tent is, it's a tent that's, like, um, made for about the size of, like, one person. Imagine, like, a capsule, kind of, um, that you'll carry with you. And it's made to be, like, real, real small, so you don't need a lot of space to set it up. And when you roll it up, it's about the size of a loaf of bread. Um, yeah, I'd say that's about how big it looks. It weighs about two or three pounds rolled up. It's very small. I'm using a medium-sized pack. Uh, the next thing I'll be putting in there is like a blanket and a sheet and extra underwear, socks, and possibly some duct tape uh, for blisters and an extra pair of shoes. And that will make up the gear that I start off the first leg of the trip with. Um, basically, my strategy is going to be to just go out <laughs> real hard and fast. Um, I will be fasting. I will be drinking a lot of water. I'm not really thinking about meals or carrying a lot of food. Actually, I'm not planning to carry any food in the beginning. Um, I will be carrying bottles of water and uh, some uh, Propel, um, supp- like a drink supplement that has like minerals and stuff in it. But I'm not trying to take in any calories on that first week. And if I can go longer than seven days initially, uh, I'm going to go longer. Um, I'm shooting for about six to ten miles in the beginning um, for that first ten days. Then I'm going to up my miles to 15. I'm going to start doing preparation walks this week here in Oklahoma. And I'll be doing one to three miles every day loaded with a pack. And I will be doing calisthenics. Probably the way I'm going to break it down is like half a mile and then do calisthenics for five to ten minutes, take a breather, sip some water, and continue on with the walk and then calisthenics over and over again because I want to have full body fitness by the time I finish this thing. On my first walk, um, it took a while before my feet broke in, so I'm hoping that my feet will be ready before I go and I can do be doing like 20, 25 miles a day easy. Um, I don't know if I'll get get there without losing a significant amount of weight. Um, I was about 320 pounds when I was hitting uh, 15 miles. Um, that varies with the terrain, and uh, I will be hitting the mountains. I'm guessing in about 18 to 20 days. And that's a rough guess, and I have overestimated my hiking speed a bunch of times. Um, the most important thing for me is to stay fit and to not lose any days of sickness or pain. I lost, uh, I'd say about 15, 20 days to sickness, pain, and cork. And I do not want to do that. Um, absolutely don't want to lose any days. Uh, I want to get this done and I want to hop back into, uh, this new chapter of my life. I... My biggest problem is I don't want to go backwards again. 
coming back to Muskogee, Oklahoma, uh, that is not on the table. When I leave here, I'm out. Um, I have one friend here, two friends, two friends, I think, here, and, uh, I'll come back to see them, grab some lunch, but I don't want to sleep a night here in this town if I don't have to. Um, I am going to be mailing postcards back to some people, and I'm going to be riding my son every day. Uh, I'm going to keep a very short fitness journal, a nutrition journal, and I am going to take a lot of video and photographs. Um, My goal is to make one episode of the podcast every week, but I may do more. I may do short ones like this. Um... I will be writing jokes because I want to do stand-up. Um, I'd like to perform in Dallas at a couple open mics before I start my walk. But we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start my car up right now. Oh, it's already running. Cool. Um, I'm going to Quick Trip to grab some gasoline. And if you guys are interested in what kind of equipment I am taking, I have just about got everything gathered up and ready for the walk. My gear is very light. If you want to take a look, you can see what I will be taking with me and starting the trip with. I'm very excited about finishing this. I'm excited about getting back into shape. Um, I have not said much about the relationship I'm in because that's been a crazy part of my life. Um, I had this relationship over the last year with someone, and uh, that was hard to extricate myself from because I'm a clingy motherfucker. I'm like a damn monkey in the jungle, and I don't like to let go of anything. Um, (laughs) uh, As crazy as this chick was, I really loved her, and I believe Andy, she is... I, I don't think you'd have to dig too deep. She's an amazing person. And I know some people are just rolling their eyes right now. And they're saying, John, come on, just let her go. I'm trying. You know, it's hard for me when I love someone to just say, you know what, fuck off. I'm walking. Um, I don't do things that way. I don't like to do things that way. Uh, I like to build lasting relationships. And it's really hard for me. So if someone is willing to keep talking to me, it's really hard for me to just walk away from them. Um, But this person was married when we met, and she is just as crazy as me. She's just as brave as me. She's just as tough as me. She's been through hell. Her marriage was worse than mine. Um, And she's come out on the other side able to laugh. I think she's still able to love. I think she forgives her abuser. Um, I don't think it's healthy that she still has such strong feelings for him. But, you know, that's how love goes. Um, I can't fault her for that. Although, it breaks my heart that I worked so hard to get her out of that situation that she said she felt trapped in. And she's voluntarily jumped back in. Um... I don't know in the long run if she's going to be able to extricate herself again. And unfortunately, 
she doesn't want me to be involved anymore, so I don't, I don't want to intrude. Um, I've done my best to make her feel safe and to help her and, and make her feel like she didn't have to be in this situation. Um, so that leads me to, uh, I'm not going to do it on this podcast, but later I want to make a, a podcast uh, episode about abuse. Um, we'll go ahead and do like three or four episodes. Um, one about emotional and then physical and, uh, then like a combination of the two, I think. Um, those will be easy topics for me to cover. Uh, hopefully I can get a guest for uh, all three of those episodes. Um, I think a lot of people have dealt with it and they didn't know that it was abuse. Um. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Uh, This podcast has been really rewarding to me. And I think it's going to be a really good tool to do what I want to do. And I've enjoyed this um, last two weeks where I've been working on it. Uh, I've enjoyed the feedback that I've gotten. And I encourage any of you to please share your stories if if even if you're interested in developing your own podcast uh the company that i found the app uh, i didn't find it uh, i heard about it from gary vanderchuk the company is called anchor and you download this app on your phone and it is just so easy to use it's very practical and you can build the podcast really quick um for me it took about 40 minutes to get set up and like an hour later, I think I had an episode out. Um, this is a neat world where you can do something with your cell phone and people can hear you all over the world. I have listeners in the Philippines, in Italy. Um, I'm going to have listeners in Australia, Ireland, and England. And that that's going to help with when I write, when I speak, when I do stand-up comedy because there's already going to be a fan base there. And um, it, for someone like me who really wants to be out there and be uh, creating and exposing and, and learning about the world, this is a really great tool. Um, if any of you have some feedback, if you have criticism, don't be afraid to criticize me. I want to be better. I always want to be better. I always want to be learning. And... At any time, if you want to message me or you even want to put it on my comments or uh, up on my wall, I mean, if you just want to say, hey, John, you're a fucking liar. Or, hey, John, you're, uh, you're a fucking con man. Do it. We can hash it out. Um, I don't like to go negative, but if someone has a problem with me, there must be some basis to that. So, I mean, sometimes, you know, I do shitty stuff. I'm not, I'm not an angel. Uh, so let's talk about it. Um, I'm a real person. I make mistakes and I, I just want to be a better guy. Uh, I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. And this podcast is about my journey there. Um, I, I, you know, I wrote a book and, and I, in the book, I tried to go through that and it's really hard to, to roll yourself out like that to be examined by people. Um, 
the the part about it being a book is uh, there's a lot of people just are not going to read it. They don't want to take the time. This is easier because you can listen to a podcast while you're driving around or working out. Um, I love listening to podcasts when I'm driving to work. I have a long uh, hour and a half to two hour commute um, to and from work. And uh, it gives me a lot of time to uh, play educational material, motivational material, um, spiritual material. Um, oh, that's another thing. Uh, I am going to be talking about religion and my faith and my spirituality soon and my my problems that I have with the church and I fucking got some problems with organized religion. So I will be discussing those. Um, I, I've been searching for a connection with God, something more clear, and I have not found it. And we're going to discuss that on this, this stinking podcast. Well, this is Jonathan Little. Um, sorry I didn't have any funny jokes or make anybody laugh. Um, that'll come next time. Uh, this is just a little update for everybody. Um, I will be walking from Oklahoma to 170 pounds. Ah! I bet everybody thought I was going to say California. Didn't you? Well, I'm not. I may go to California. I may go to California. But that is not the main reason I'm going. I'm going to get healthy. So I want to get down to 170 pounds. And I want to have a better life. Um, there was a dude standing out beside the street. I'm going to see what's going on. See if everything's okay. You guys have a fantastic day. God bless you. And John 427. Out. Hey, good morning. This is Jonathan Little. I'm sorry, I was going to say a date. And I started saying my name. Couldn't make up my mind. Jonathan Sebastian Little of Muskogee, Oklahoma. This is the John 427 Podcast. John 427 Podcast. Okie dokie. Um, yesterday was July 4th, and I recorded about six episodes. I threw them all in the trash can because I didn't feel like they were good enough. Um, I thought about how I want to be, how I want to say it, how I want to do it. Um, I want to open up quite a bit on this podcast. Um, I'm not on this episode. I just mean in the long run. <laughs> this uh, episode is going to be about fasting. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, yesterday was the uh, July 4th. Um, kind of a special day. July 4th is always going to be a special day to me. Because in uh, June, or, uh, July 4th, 2016... I went to my hometown and uh, tried to kill myself, and I didn't do it. Um, I went through this big thing. That's what this whole podcast is kind of about, is getting over uh, suicidal depression, um, losing weight, uh, improving yourself, kind of finding happiness in life. Um, I grew up in Salina, Oklahoma, and in 2016, that's where I went on July 4th to kill myself, my hometown, and I didn't do it. weird uh yeah it did happen so um last night uh, i went to my hometown and i was thinking about 
everything about the divorce, walking across the country, losing weight, and then regaining, regaining, regaining the weight that I lost and how I want to lose it again. It's really important to me to be the person that I want to be all the time, not just in little pockets here and there. I want to be myself all the time. And I know a lot of us put on masks and tend to be other people when we go to work and stuff. I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to, in my job, in my life, in my relationships, I want to be myself all the time. Okay? And for various reasons, I still am finding myself hiding sometimes. I don't like that. I don't fucking like it. Anyways, um, yesterday I got to be myself for a whole uh, 18, 20 hours, something like that. It was fucking amazing. Anyways, fasting. I talked about how you start a fast, okay? I can summarize it real easy. Don't eat anything and drink water until you are pooping clear. Period. That's it. Don't go buy a cleanse. Don't buy anything except water. If you can't get clean water, you get clean water. And you're going to have to control yourself and not eat. Okay? You are not fasting because you skipped one meal. Sorry, guys. It ain't happening. You are still getting nutrition from your gut, so that don't count. Okay? We can argue about this online. Uh, You are invited to my podcast to argue this if and when you get the balls to argue with me in this uh, in public. Okay? Um, Okay, so once you've started your fast... Um, the biggest part of starting it and continuing it is discipline, is sticking to it. Um, that first, uh, if you can get through that first period until you're shitting clear, it's going to be a lot easier. You are still going to probably have a very strong hunger. And I will describe to you how it felt for me. Um, I had an ache in my stomach. Um, sometimes my abdominal muscles would cramp up a little bit. Um, I was continuously thirsty. No matter how much I drank, I was thirsty all the time. Uh, for me, it was it was okay because I was sipping water, sipping water, sipping water. But for some people, they've never felt that kind of thirst before where you're chugging half a gallon of water and it passes right through you because it's just... I just got a text message. Probably a really good text message right there. I saw the, the L word in it. That's cool. Um, so, you got to stick to your guns, okay? I, I got two ways of looking at this. Number one, go by yourself so you don't have negative people influencing you, toxic people who are telling you that it's stupid, you need to eat, all that stuff. Because it's really hard when people are telling you that you need to, using the N-word, that you need to do something to not do it. You know, even the people who don't like to take advice, um, S-A-C, I'm talking about you, um, (laughs) people who don't like to take advice and get good advice and ignore it or go the opposite direction at the speed of Hussein Bolt out of a fucking cannon greased up with a firecracker up his ass, um, people will do that and it drives me nuts but if you can stick to your guns past uh, that first stage then you've got about 
three to five days of this and it's hard each minute is it's it's uncomfortable um besides the ache in the stomach you might get a headache you might have muscle weakness okay you might feel some dizziness um you should check your blood sugar uh i'm a nurse and the what for me and, and patients i've had the best range in blood sugar and this is my opinion this is you know i don't want to say it's medical fact it's anecdotal information but having blood sugar between 80 if you feel comfortable 80 up to about 220 is okay those are outside of what they call and i'm doing air quotes here the normal range of blood sugars but um a lot of people tend to operate at their best in that range some people can go below 80 down to like 60 or 40 and they they don't feel any ill effects i wouldn't recommend that because it may be hard to bring your sugar back up i would say even if you're at 80 um you might sip some juice to bring your sugar back up and just keep an eye on it um as always it probably be a good idea to have a physician supervise you in your fast because you may not be able to monitor yourself very effectively and protect yourself so that you don't have any issues i besides being obese and having high blood pressure and depression i was a relatively healthy person okay there are people who who have a lot of issues a lot of medical issues and that's why I say this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Wink, wink. Anyways, um, I made it through it okay. I was 400 pounds, so I was okay. Right now, <clears throat> I don't know about right this second. Yesterday before I left work, I was 390 pounds. So I can fast for quite a while. Um, I'll still be medically stable for quite a while. Um, I will tell you that uh, my rate of weight loss i don't say fat loss right now at the beginning of this fast the rate of weight loss was uh i'll do pounds and i will do percentages um you could expect to lose about one hold on good math in my head i'm sorry no 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 okay uh yeah, yeah. one to five percent a day a day that's what i'm saying um, for me, that was, uh, about one to five pounds a day, but you need to keep in mind as you are fasting, if you don't take in things like soda, which has sugar and sodium, uh, those things help you retain water. Um, basically the water in your body will follow the sugar and sodium in, in, in the soda. So... Uh, if it's in your tissues, it'll be there. If it goes through your kidneys and comes out in your urine, it'll go there. So you'll lose water. So that's what happens is your body, because it's just taking in water, it'll start to flush things out. Um, what will go out is a bunch of water following the salt in your urine, okay? You'll lose weight quickly, but that will generally be water weight, okay? Until after the first five to seven days, Okay? Um, like I said, you you may feel weakness, you may feel aches, you may feel muscle aches. Um, I would say if any of that became too much, if, if you became dizzy, you couldn't drive, I would go to a physician. 
Um, and I would go ahead and end the fast and look for more supervision, possibly a different way to lose weight. Um, but in my experience, uh, a relatively healthy person who is only obese, doesn't have other health problems, should be okay skipping meals for, for one week, okay? Um, the longest I have personally fasted is nine days. And I fasted those nine days when I was working as a nurse. And by the sixth day, I did feel dizzy. I did feel very weak and I was very cranky. By the ninth day, I was all right. Believe it or not, after nine days of not eating, I found my body felt strong. My body felt light. My head uh, felt really clear. By head, I mean my mind. My mind felt really clear. Uh, Physiologically, it felt like I could see better, but I still needed glasses. I felt like I could hear better, but I don't hear that well. So the perception changed. The way I felt changed after nine days of fasting. I felt healthier. Okay. I ended that fast. I eat pizza. <laughs> um, I regretted the way I ended that fast because it gave me a glimmer into the future that I could lose a lot of weight very quickly and feel really good. Um, that was not during this walk where I walked from Oklahoma to California. During the walk from Oklahoma to California, I uh, started with a five-day fast. I started my walk in Shoto, Shoto, Oklahoma on March 2nd, 2017. Um, I didn't eat until, I believe, March 5th. Sixth, uh, I guess it might have been the seventh. Uh, I know I was over by where they uh, do this festival concert called Rock, Oklahoma. Um, a trooper was there, and someone had left a bag of food for me, and that's how I broke my fast. So I, I went about five days. I don't know what the date was right now offhand. Um, I do have notes somewhere, so we can check my notes, but. Um, there was a lot of Facebook posts and stuff. I like to document because I was a nurse and doing something like this, um, if you have a lot of documentation, I think it's really interesting for people to interact. Um, as far as the fasting, so you've gotten past five days, okay? You're shitting clear, hopefully at this point. Three to five days should be shitting clear, okay? Now, you'll start to lose water. Okay, you've been losing water probably. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to check the scale if you want to. I like to weigh every day, twice a day, in the morning and at night. It can be hard to check the scale and not get a result sometime. And then it ruins your motivation. Um, there's this guy I like to follow on podcasting. It's Jocko Willink. And he's, he doesn't really like motivation. He doesn't like motivation because it's temporary. It can come and go, ebbs and flows. Uh, after thinking about that for uh, about nine months, I agree. I don't like the idea of motivation either. The way I look at this is kind of limiting your, your life, the way you run your life. Uh, take out feelings. Take out emotion. Okay? Make every decision an analytical decision. What's best for me? 
or the way I approach it is what gets me closer to my particular goal. Okay. Am I reacting to something? And I am, I'm probably the world's worst for reacting to depression by eating. Uh, I react to loneliness by eating. I react to a desire for sex and not being able to get it by eating. So I'm the worst. Okay. Um, yeah, write that down. Jonathan Little is the worst. Okay. But if you can make it past uh, that five to seven days, you're starting to burn fat. Your body switched over from using sugar as a fuel to starting to use the fat that you have stored on your body as a fuel. I need to reiterate, you're going to have people, negative people, people who think they're being helpful, telling you to stop fasting, that you need to eat. If you weigh 300 or 400 pounds, you don't. You absolutely do not. That's a fact. Um, I've had doctors argue with me. I've yet to see someone 300, 400 pounds starve to death after only 30 days of not eating. It's never happened in the history of the universe. Write that down. That's a fact. Okay. Um, remember to keep plenty of water with you. Um, some people keep salt tablets with them. I don't think that's necessary. I think there's enough sodium in your body, generally, to get you through this uh, fasting stage. Um, what I like to do, and, and keep in mind, I have started, in the last three months, I've started about seven fasts. I haven't got past four days. Okay. Um, yesterday, I had planned to start a fast. And then uh, I hung out with some friends. And I broke it. You know, I don't regret that. Um, I enjoyed the day immensely. Um, I didn't know all the things that were going to happen happened. It was amazing. And I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm going to tell you. You're going to have situations. I was a nurse. So a very common situation that I encountered was uh, carbohydrates in the form of cookies, cakes, pies, either gifted or presented as uh, group food, group meals, treats. Uh, because we were nurses, people would bring us cookies and say thank you. They would give us cookies. And we got those kind of things all the time. I struggled with, and I was beginning to understand before my walk, that I should always refuse these things because I was a food addict, okay? Um, If you're one of the big people listening to this, you're probably in that category. You are a food addict, just like a heroin addict or an alcoholic or a workaholic. You are a food addict. You're addicted to something and you take it to unhealthy levels, okay? The unfortunate thing about work or food is we have to have those things generally get by um this fast can help you reset your appetite but it needs to go long enough okay it was hard for me uh five days was enough for me i was able to start over okay some people are going to need longer um i am going to attempt a 30 day fast 30 day fast. I haven't set the date. It's going to be pretty soon. I'm not going to announce it because when I announce it, and I know this from personal experience, 
when I've announced something like that, people start chiming in. And I was always criticized for not taking advice. So I started taking advice. Unfortunately, I got a lot of bad advice. I would say about 1% of the advice I got was effective, helpful to me. Um, Generally, you should take it. I like when people say take it with a grain of salt. I would say take it with a shit shovel and pack it over your shoulder. But uh, that's not a common uh, analogy. What would that be? Uh, Cliche? It's not a cliche yet. Um, It's hard if you trust your family to hear something about how they feel about fasting or nutrition or work or money or whatever and understand that they're wrong. Oftentimes our family is not right. If you're the kind of person who's not successful and happy and you've got a lot of problems, possibly a drug addiction on top of this food addiction or porn addiction or whatever you got going on, you picked up some family traits when you were a kiddo and little kiddos get poisoned really easy because they'll believe anything. As you grew up, you know, you just kind of accepted your family's drug use, abuse, uh, toxicity, um, and that became part of what you accepted as a normal human being. And we all have facets of, of life that are we're not at our best, but we're in a day and age now where you can listen to the internet and learn about nutrition or health or uh, was it counseling, uh, self-improvement. You can get a lot of information now for free. It's available across the world. Um, that's what I hope this becomes. It's something helpful for you. Uh, get those toxic people out of your life. During this fast, I wouldn't tell anybody you're doing this. Except maybe a doctor. Speak to a doctor about it. Okay? During this fast, I would be careful... Uh, check your blood sugar. Um, you could probably borrow a glucometer from a diabetic patient. Um, get enough test strips to do your blood sugar like two or three times a day for the duration of your fast. So if you're doing it seven days, uh, 21 uh, of your uh, little lancets, 21 of your little strips so that you can do your blood sugar 21 times. Okay, I would write everything down. Just a little notebook. Remember to carry your water with you. I like to have a Sharpie to mark my water bottle to see where I'm at on my water and make sure I'm not drinking too little. But the definition of too little water in this situation is it's very gray, okay? Too little or too much. It's hard um, to define. We'll talk about hydration later, okay? So for your fast, water only. You're not started until you're pooping clear, okay? Um, You will experience some discomfort, muscle pains, aches. You may have uh, diarrhea with just water, okay? Don't worry about it. Just drink a little less water, okay? You should be okay. (laughs) Write down how you feel every day in your little notebook. You should get a little notebook. Um, Don't listen to toxic people. Uh, You may have your doctor tell you that he doesn't want you to do it. If you can explain why you are doing the fast and explain to him that you understand how this is affecting your body, then he is more likely, he or she, is more likely to decide, well, this isn't a bad thing. 
maybe it's something you should give a shot to, okay? Uh, younger doctors tend to be more open-minded than older doctors, but there are older doctors that are very knowledgeable on uh, the ketogenic diet, the Atkins diet, um, the paleo diet. Uh, I would shop around if, if, you, if you're able to, pick your physician, look for doctors that are knowledgeable in, in these um, these kind of eating styles, okay? Um, that's going to be it for this episode of fasting. Um, the last thing I want to say is you need to have a mindset. Oh, what does it say as far as uh, motivation? Don't like motivation. Look at everything, everything that you're doing. Um, if you struggle with motivation, try to get away from thinking about motivation for doing things like getting up earlier, working out or whatever. Try to make all of your decisions and actions binary. Okay? It means yes or no. Okay? You only have two choices. Yes or no. Let's say that a very clear goal is you want to lose 200 pounds. Okay? So... You either want to lose 200 pounds or you do not. You are either going to do it in a good way or a bad way. You are either going to do it fast or slow. Okay, you're going to make your choices. When you get to the moment where you're deciding to fast, you've decided to fast, you started a fast, you've gone seven days on a fast, and then food is presented to you and you are still kind of hungry... It comes down to that simple binary moment. Will eating this get me closer to my goal? Yes or no? And you make that decision right then. Okay, this has been Jonathan Little, the John 427 Podcast. You have a fantastic day. It is July 5th. Okay, I'm thinking I might have said it was January earlier in the episode. I don't know. Anyways, if you like this, share it. Um, There will be more podcasts over this 4th of July weekend. Um, God bless you. If you like these, share them. Okay, comment them. Ask me some questions. I really appreciate the comments, feedbacks, and direct messages I have received about the podcast. I am trying to modulate my voice and change it so that it is not as hard to listen to. Thank you very much. God bless you all. And don't stick any firecrackers in any body orifices. Bye-bye. Hello, my name is Jonathan Little. And it is June 28th, 2019. This is the John 427 Podcast. Episode 2. And... We are going to talk about sex. No, just kidding. (laughs) We are going to talk about monster trucks. No, just kidding still. We're going to talk about tomatoes. I am just kidding. Um, Today we're going to talk about weight loss. And my, my tip for my last podcast was to have good people around you. And I'm going to start right off. My tip for this weight loss podcast 
will be to drink water, okay? Um, I'm going to talk about weight loss a lot because that was a big part of why I went walking. Um, I weighed 427 pounds in 2016 when uh, my wife had left me, or it was was before that, uh, (laughs) when I was depressed and I was overcome by depression and gave up. And then failed and and often myself and decided to try to fix everything. Um, I got up to 427 pounds. And uh, I walked from Choteau, Oklahoma to Lake Tahoe, California, pulling a little trailer loaded with uh, some of my stuff. And um, I started out by fasting. Now, I know a lot of people think that fasting is a terrible idea. Um, In this episode, I'm not going to go real deep. Um, I'm going to kind of give you an overview of how I lost the weight during that time that I was on the road. And um, I think we might discuss what happened after as well. Um... I'll tell you about a little bit about my life at that time. I was a nurse, and I had been a nurse for about four years at that point. Um, I I was five foot nine or ten. Um, I was pretty active. On top of being a nurse, uh, I I walked and jogged at that time. I rode bicycle a little bit. I would say I got a good three hours of exercise on a regular basis, sometimes more, like up to six or seven hours a week. Um, mostly I did cardio and I lifted some weights. I probably lifted weights about three or four hours a week because I would do that when I was listening to the radio or watching television if, if I was in a motel room or something. Um, in March... April, April of 2016, I had lost my house, so I had started living in my car at a state park, and I was still working as a nurse, um, I just didn't make much money, and uh, I was just trying to get by, and I was trying to see my son as much as I could, so there's a lot of stress on me, and um, the easiest thing for me to do to cope with that stress because I was already working out, um, I tried to talk to people, people were pulling away from me left and right, um, I was just toxic, nobody wanted to be near that, I was droopy and mopey, and you don't really want to be around people like that, I I don't want to be around people like that, and I recognize that talking about your problems is a sure way to get people to run away, (laughs) um, for me, I was so isolated before all that started, I didn't have many people to turn to. Um, so I turned to food. And I had done that through my marriage because I was in an abusive marriage and, and a lot of bad stuff happened there. And I would just eat. I would hide and I would eat. Um, that just became a pattern that I, I still deal with that now. Um, but I'll get back to my main point. The 
this is what I did on the walk. Uh, I started losing weight when I had the idea for this journey in uh, October 2016. Uh, I started trying various weight loss uh, routines, I guess. I wanted something that I could do permanently. And I uh, I spoke to my ex who had lost a lot of weight at that time and she was doing this ketogenic diet and that I started to read about it because she had she was doing really well she had, I think she had lost about 70 pounds uh, she had left in 2015 and by 2016 about the same time uh, April or May she had lost about 70 pounds and she had never done anything like that since I had known her so I was interested in how she did that and she explained what she was eating um I started dabbling with it but I had right away I had issues where um I felt really bored by the diet uh I don't like to eat that much meat um I don't like to eat a lot of fat like that it made me kind of sick um as I adjusted to the diet uh, I started reading about it, and a lot of people were fasting to get into ketosis, and um, that was a lot more appealing to me. And I'm one of those people, and this is a flaw of mine, that I get obsessed with things really easy. And uh, a lot of people tell you I just take things too far, and um, it's hard on a diet like that, especially when you weigh that much, to not really justify what you're doing, whatever it is, in, in some way. Uh, but um, I had this idea to do this walk and then um, kind of reboot my my eating style and the way I lived. And all this was coming all at the same time. And this plan just started rolling around in my head that I gotta get away from everything that I know, these things that are bothering me, and let my mind just adjust to a natural way of being, and kind of focus on a single or, or a very few number of tasks for the day. And getting away from nursing, getting away from my ex, all that was really key to what I was going to try to do, which was to go from 427 pounds down to 170 pounds as fast as I possibly could. Um, I started losing weight before I left. At the time, I had moved from my car in northeastern Oklahoma um, over by Wyandotte, Oklahoma. Um, I went from there to Bentonville, Arkansas, and I moved into uh, a long-stay hotel over there worked as a nurse um, I was actually did two nursing jobs in five months and I was having a lot of trouble at work uh, I was struggling because of my weight uh, getting to work working through a whole shift um, and there were personal problems uh, wow. this is, I, I've talked about this before and I was pretty open about it, but right this second, I feel really embarrassed to say this. I don't know how many people are listening now 
for this new podcast, but, um, well, there's an incident that happened at this place I was working, and it was really embarrassing to me, and it, it affected my decision to leave a month early, uh, I, (laughs) I wasn't doing good at my job, um, that was a big issue, because I, thought I had been a good nurse before um, all this stuff happened with my wife taking off and slipping into this depression Um, but I had I had gotten one nursing job and got fired and went to another nursing job and that's when I lost my house and I flew into my car and then these next two nursing jobs I, I couldn't do the work I was just so distracted by what was going on with feeling so alone, so angry, so frustrated, embarrassed. I didn't like to go anywhere because I didn't want people looking at me. Um, As I'm working at this place and I finally got a place where I could stay, which is a pretty nice hotel. Um... I started working out harder and trying to eat healthier. And one day at work, my boss uh, asked to speak to me, um, or my boss's boss. It's a woman I have met before. She asked me to come into her office, so I thought, well, I'm going to get fired right now. So I get in there, and I'm just getting my my head ready to be fired again. And um, I'm sitting there, and I'm 400, I think 415 pounds, because I'd lost a little bit since October, this was in, I think, February of 2017 now, and I've already got this plan to, you know, gather my stuff up and walk from Oklahoma to uh, California to lose this weight, I'm thinking about writing a book, I had bought a laptop and I'd start working on a book, and, um, this woman calls me in, and she's a little petite blonde, maybe five foot, 120 pounds, real curvy, very pretty girl, very nice. <laughs> she was she's older than me, but she was a beautiful woman, very kind to me, and she was really had a nice smile. And she asked me to come into her office, and I thought she was getting ready to fire me. And she says, "We've had some complaints," and I said, "Okay." Um, I'm sorry, because <laughs> that's always the first words out of my mouth when, when a woman spoke to me back then, is, I, I was sorry, and uh, she says, why are you sorry, and I said, I am not doing good, I don't know, you know, and I start apologizing, like any person with really low self-esteem, who has been on a downward slope for a couple years, is bound to do, uh, I'm apologizing profusely and she says well I don't think we're talking about the same thing uh I have got some complaints about oh my gosh this is so embarrassing I don't know how to say this and at that point I realized that this wasn't about my job performance this is about something else so I'm trying to think uh what else have I done um my other boss had talked to me because of a Facebook comment I left on a 
female co-worker's Facebook page. And I thought, well, geez, am I being accused of something else? And it, it just hadn't been a good two years. And I was just thinking, wow, this is, this is terrible. So I'm just waiting for this shoe to fall. And this woman is looking at her desk. And she's moving her hands around. And she says, I've got some complaints about your odor. And I was like, what? What? And she says, well, your, your body odor, your hygiene. And my mind was just reeling. And I thought about my routine as I would try to get ready for work each day, which was taking two baths. I would add a cup of bleach water, bleach to the bath water in the tub. And I would scrub and soak and scrub and soak. And then I would take a regular shower and I used Dove Men's Body Wash. And I used deodorant, the Dove's deodorant, that silver aerosol spray. And um, I didn't know what to say. Because what do you say when someone says you stink? And they're not from New York. (laughs) It's a soft-spoken... What I take is a very kind and sensitive and empathetic person telling you that you stink. I felt terrible for her. I felt really, really, really bad for putting this woman in this position. And as much as I love putting women in awkward positions, this was not one of those times. Uh, I said that I was sorry again. I didn't know what else to say. I think I started to cry because I was embarrassed and she presented several options for correcting my hygiene dysfunctions (laughs) and then we ended our meeting and I when I left I wasn't mad I was not mad but I had this profound sense of humiliation uh and it really cemented in my mind that I needed to go and do this thing, which was crazy, but I needed to do it, not just for my physical health, but for my emotional health. And I remember thinking about what I, how I would do this thing, um, So that was one of the things that helped me make my decision. Now I'll go back to nuts and bolts. Once I had started, I fasted for the first five days. And my plan had been to fast, um, I think for about a month. But I was struggling uh, by the third day. I was struggling with pulling this cart which was about a thousand pounds at that time. Uh, it was actually two carts, one large black one and one small red one, and not eating. Um, I had a scale with me, and I used the scale a few times because it would only work on level ground, and when you're out, out and about, it sometimes can be difficult to find level ground. When I started eating again, I really focused on what I was eating. 
and I, I dare say I ate religiously. Uh, eggs were a main food that I ate. Uh, I was doing ketogenic diet, so I was eating bacon. I ate a lot of tomatoes. I ate avocados. I ate peppers. The main thing that I noticed uh, right away changed things was letting go of soda. If you can let go of soda and switch to water and drink, just drink plenty of water, drink to your heart's content. If you're a morbidly obese person, I know anecdotally because I've talked to other people who were obese, over 300 pounds, and they gave up soda. Um, it is not uncommon to lose about 10% of your body weight in less than a month. And now, there's a reason that happens. Uh, I guess I should offer a disclaimer. I am not a doctor. I am not a scientist. I am a licensed practical nurse. And I'm a guy who has lost 149 pounds in one year or in, in 10 months. Um, what happens when you stop drinking soda, which usually has a lot of sodium or salt, is that the water that you're drinking and the regular foods that you eat, hopefully you're not increasing your sodium intake in your food. If you drink that water, it's going to flush that extra sodium, excess sodium out of your body with your urine. Okay. As you keep drinking the water excess fluid that had been following the sodium that was in your in your body in the interstitial spaces in your tissues will start to go out every time you pee a little bit more is going to go out um, personally I did lose uh, 37 pounds in the first month just by making that change uh, I was eating about 2,000 to 2,400 calories the first month I was out. I lost uh, 45 pounds in that first month. Um, that was a pretty dramatic weight loss, and I didn't know that was possible, but I kept notes, and I understood what was happening. That was water weight. Uh, most of that was water weight. When I had started walking on March 2nd, 2017, I weighed 399 pounds. So um, I went down to, what is that, 350 something, uh, 362 or whatever it is. I don't know. Not a math whiz. Um, so that's my tip is stop drinking pop. Start drinking water. Carry a jug of water with you. Right now, in my car, I have a one-gallon jug. At work, I have a half-gallon jug. And I finished a jug on the way to work last night. I keep it. I'm planting it everywhere, so I have a cold jug at home. I have a cold jug at work. I have a cold jug in my car. I'm getting used to drinking it warm, so that if I don't have it cold, I can still drink it. And drink plenty of it. That is so important. I'm not... None of the weight loss information I'm giving 
on this podcast is aimed at someone who is very casual, needs to lose two to five pounds. Everything is aimed at the morbidly obese. So someone that has more than 20% uh, body fat, uh, someone who can't get upstairs, uh, someone who generally is going to weigh over 300 pounds. Um, you guys who are two to five pounds, you can use these things. They may be helpful. They may help you get real cut and lean. Um, I think the next, uh, thing I'll just touch on it right now is I think that fasting is a good thing. I think that regular fasting is a good thing and I'm going to define fasting and then I'll stop this episode in my opinion and I am a nurse and I'm going to go at length on this because I think Americans have a huge misunderstanding about fasting um, right now intermittent fasting is, is it's very uh, chic it's very uh, hip right now it's, it's the end thing to do but I don't believe that you are technically fasting until there is no uh, I was going to sugarcoat this but no shit in your gut and the reason I think your fast doesn't start until you are not pooping anything brown anymore is because you are still drawing nutrition from that bolus of shit in your gut okay now bear with me the way your gut is designed um, it's a hose that nutrients can come through okay and then those nutrients go into your blood okay are you still with me great so follow from your mouth to your butthole you take in food you chew it up it goes to your stomach more acids added to it it's digested goes into your gut it goes through your gut slowly so that your body has time to absorb the nutrients. Okay? Let's say uh, with every bolus of food that you have, a bolus is like uh, a gloppy, I don't know, amount of food that you're getting that goes into your gut. It takes that single bolus 12 hours to go through you. Okay? So if your last meal is at 9 at night, and then your next meal is at 6 in the morning. Um, you didn't give it time to get out. So you were still drawing nutrition from that bolus of food. Okay? On top of that, you're going to have another meal at noon and possibly 5 or 6. Okay? So your gut is continuously taking nutrition into your body. So in order to start your fast, you need to empty that gut out first. Your fast does not start until your gut is empty. I know everybody's going to want to argue with me because they skipped a meal or they skipped two meals or they skipped a day of meals. From my personal experience and my experience as a nurse, it can take up to three days for someone's gut to empty out. Okay? That's with them eating no food and drinking water. I think that in order for people to reset their bodies and their appetites, the best thing to do, even if it's not a continuous measure 
through their diet reset, diet change, lifestyle change, is to start off with a fast to reset everything, recalibrate their appetite, recalibrate their taste buds. Um, I think recalibrating meal times is a good thing for people to do. Um, those are my opinions, and I will go into depth on this stuff. I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast this episode right here. This is episode two. Um, if you learned anything here, or if you have some questions here or suggestions, um, please message me on Facebook, John 427. My name is Jonathan Sebastian Little. Uh, this is a new podcast. Uh, I want you guys, if you, if there's anything useful in here, share it. Please share it. Um, I'm trying to reach out to a lot of people. I want to make something that really helps people, that matters. Um, yeah, share it. My name is John Sebastian Little, and uh, my podcast is John427. I hope you have a fantastic day. God bless you. Remember, your fast don't start till you're empty out of shit, okay? <laughs> you got to be empty. It does not start until your gut is empty. All right, and just think about it. You know, I know a lot of you want to say, but my coach said, or my boss said, or my friend said, I don't know. I mean, I lost 149 pounds. Of course, I gained it back because nobody's perfect. (laughs) But I'd love to have a discussion about this in comments on my Facebook. So reach out to me. Um, Please share the podcast if you liked it. Okay. Thank you very much, and God bless you. Bye.